So um, I have Zach Wilson on my uh, fantasy uh, fantasy football league on my dynasty league team, and um, you know it's been uh, yeah it's it, we don't know what's gonna happen with Zach Wilson uh, whether he will reach. Sky-high stardom and become a permanent fixture in the NFL or whether, you know, he will fizzle out and or even just uh, not even really start to get going. He could just be average. But I will say one thing that I think we can all appreciate about uh, the quarterback Zach Wilson is that... Zach Wilson has vindicated, officially, has officially vindicated the gritty for white people. I mean, we were on a pretty bad run for a while there with uh, Kirk Cousins and uh, Adam Thielen and uh, Mike Gusecki doing um, really, uh, <laughs> really half-assed versions of the gritty, like looking like that... Uh, that kid when he put up like the ninja the ninja things when all when all the black <laughs> when all the black kids were uh, doing the dab and he put up the like <laughs> like ninja chops <laughs> that 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 was like that for uh, the gritty basically and uh, also there was the um, Adam Schefter uh, tearing his meniscus while <laughs> attempting to perform a, a gritty. So we were on a bad run for a while there. So if, you know, if Zach Wilson's career goes to complete shit and uh, fizzles out and, uh, and his NFL career doesn't amount to nothing, well, at least he vindicated uh, the gritty for white people. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the world according to Kyle podcast. How you doing everybody? It's a pleasure to be back for uh, your audio uh, enjoyment. You can find me on the following platforms under the following at you can find me on YouTube at Kyle Max, Twitter at Kyleverse, TikTok at Kyleverse, Instagram at KyleMax86, Reddit, TWA2K. If you have any questions for the show or topics that you would like to see covered, slide into my one of my slide into one of my DMs. LMK, you know? Right now you can find me on YouTube. You can find me on uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and RSS. So please check me out, like, uh, and subscribe if you want to see more TWA2K spread into the universe, more consistent episodes. Do your part as a uh, respected audio listener to... Share and promote this show so we can get it off and running on the steady. So, uh, I hope y'all been doing good. I have been 
doing great. Um, had, uh, you know, concert that I went to, had uh, uh, traveled back home for uh, Thanksgiving dinners, multiple uh, Thanksgiving dinners, which um, was pretty awesome. I had like about uh, like three or four separate <laughs> Thanksgiving dinners um, uh, and, um, it, you know, it achieved the desired results. In fact, uh, you know, I was uh, riding with one of my friends, um, one of my friends, and uh, she 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 had you know mentioned that I gained weight, which or, or she, it looked like I gained weight, which I was like good because you know I was trying to. So, <laughs> and uh, I guess the effect of the um, of the um, multiple Thanksgiving dinners uh, really worked well. For you American listeners, I mean, uh, yeah, our Thanksgiving has already happened. It, it happened uh, on, uh, like, the um, October 14th or something, Monday, whatever Monday that was, happened to be. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, it's been, um, I've been uh, busy been very busy uh lately so you know i'm trying to get these episodes out while i can this is actually a football sunday we're right going right before um the games start but uh i wanted to make sure i got out a podcast for all you guys uh so maybe i will maybe i'll put on the games and have like sort of like a live uh watch i don't like i'm gonna try and get the audio going into my ears so that there's no copyright issue and I can kind of uh, kind of listen to the game while um, while you know I'm still doing the podcast but um, I digress let's uh, get into it all we got a lot to cover there might be uh, two ep- two eps today you know this is uh, the TWA2K, the world according to Kyle. Uh, this is your hour of power, right? So it takes a lot out of your boy, you know? I have to fucking bring my A game. And uh, I might just do two hours today. We might do two eps today because uh, I'm, uh, I'm in a rush to complete my um, two episodes per month. Um uh, podcast commitment, you know, I'm hitting it close enough either way. So, I mean, I'm not going to be too disappointed. This is a really fucked up year for me life wise. And, uh, for me even like, you know, uh, get the ball on the green, so to speak, uh, uh, was like a damn near miracle this year, uh, considering all that has happened. Maybe one day we can go into it in the pod, but that would not be, that's like, TWA2K100, maybe later. Um, so let's get into it, y'all. My first um, my first topic was I wanted to talk to you guys about the concert that I just went to um, on in like October 5th. It, well, I guess it was a couple uh, a couple weeks away, but. Like I said, I had Thanksgiving after, then took a week off, had a, some work going on, and then this is the next weekend in which I'm bringing to you this app. Uh, so I went to the uh, reunion 
the reunion tour of uh, the Mars Volta, um, a very important uh, band to me. And, um, you know, I like I, I've said before, um, I feel like, you know, I don't collect things. I'm a very uh, on the go type of guy. Um you know, ready to go whenever. So I don't collect albums. I don't, uh, you know, collect CDs. I keep my possessions minimal because I don't know where I'm going to be next. And um, so I often find it easiest to, you know, get my music uh, online is to download uh, my music. And I feel like if you do... If you do things that way, that um, you owe a specific debt of uh, gratitude to your um, to the the peop- the artists and bands that you really listen to a lot that really have influenced your life, and this is my year to give back to all those artists who have really uh, who have really. Uh, made a deep impression on uh, my life, who have really helped me uh, seek my way through tough times. And, you know, since I uh, effectively steal my my music, and it's not out of really, um, it's not out of really disrespect for, it's just, it's just easiest for me to uh, acquire my music this way. If there was some sort of reasonable alternative to, get my music uh, otherwise and here's something that somebody tried to chirp at me at like uh, when I, I I said I was like hey I don't uh, you know I don't sign up for Spotify because they don't have like all the songs of the artists right and so someone tried to clap back saying oh I don't support the art artists like you support the artists when you're on Spotify, do you? I think you support Joe Rogan more than you support the artists. Artists ain't getting shit from uh, from from Spotify. Like it's effectively nothing. Like you might as well be downloading it for free. I mean, it goes to uh, maybe some significant amounts go to uh, some prominent artists that Spotify decides to partner with. But you're not really supporting the art, like effectively uh at all uh, you know you're just kind of making yourself feel better because spotify does give some form of uh royalties but it's minuscule and it's nothing you know so um i like to support my artists by uh and that's a part of the reason why i live in toronto is to uh go to concerts and see these uh, great bands that have influenced me and you know a lot of it, many of the bands come through Toronto and we got a good crowd uh, good music uh, music and art arts crowd that you know I'm even surprised um, when I went to the Mars Volta concert at just uh, how many people were there I think I got there at about uh, 5 p.m. and the concert started at 8 and there was people lined up and it was a really packed house i think uh, i think everybody was excited to see them back and um doing their thing again so now we can't let's get into the mars volta a little bit um part of the 
part of why I love Mars Volta so much is because of uh, their guitarist, Omar Rodriguez Lopez. I think he is just phenomenal. He, uh, you know, and he is like re referred to as the band leader there. And he is, in my opinion, the greatest guitarist who has ever walked the earth. And um, I do not say that lightly. Uh, I just feel like his, um, and he's not just a guitarist, he's a multi-instrumentalist. He uh, just, just the way he composes music and organizes the sounds and themes of the albums and is just, is just incredible. Like he, uh, he's just incredibly musically gifted, like a modern day uh, Beethoven, like just completely like and he doesn't even care if he's not the highlight of the song he, he like just wants to make a good song it's not necessarily like you know he has to have his his solo and it has to be this way and and stuff like that it's um you know he truly wants to just create um good music and be different and uh go uh go into all sorts of themes and all sorts of styles like uh you can and so he has a solo career outside of the mars volta and in his solo um career he has over 50 albums i think to date he has 52 albums and you know what gun to my head if uh you gave me a choice to take either the either you had to you had to get rid of one the Mars Volta his entire collection or Omar Rodriguez Lopez entire collection I would have a damn tough time uh trying to parse and trying to pick between one of those two I like I honestly like it would be a coin flip for me like seriously I can't even tell you honestly because it would just differentiate um, between the day and like I would say the Mars Volta uh, the distinguishing factor between the Mars Volta and Omar Rodriguez Lopez projects is Cedric Cedric is the lead singer uh, now Cedric can be found on Omar Rodriguez Lopez projects but it's not he's not only like the only singer on them now, Cedric is, uh, I found, I find like, you know, the dynamic between Cedric and Omar is very similar to, it's like Slash and Axl Rose on steroids. And I, you know, uh, like I just told, like I, Cedric is a very nice compliment to Omar, but I think it works with a certain style and a, and they're trying to find their style and their rhythm again and they hit something like when people first get in get into music like people like are now getting into Mars Volta and they're going to be listening to their um to their so they have seven albums so when people first get into things they have the bad habit of listening to their newest stuff first now that's a, just a bad habit in general you should always start from the beginning 
Now, uh, you definitely do not want to start from the newest stuff with the Mars Volta. Because, so, they have seven albums. Their first four albums are, like, absolute masterpieces. Their first three are, are masterpieces. Their fourth is great. It's solid. Uh, the fifth and sixth are largely forgettable. And the seventh, their most recent one... Um, their most recent one, I think, is better than the fifth and sixth, uh, it, but it wasn't great. Uh, I think that it's in a right direction, though. I think that the so the fifth and sixth albums that are forgettable, in my opinion, are uh, Nocturnicate and Octahedron, and the only song that I really liked out of both those projects uh, was um, the Malkin Jewel. Now, the seventh, uh, the album, which is just titled The Mars Volta, it has some good stuff on there. And um, it left me wanting more, which the, uh, the Octahedron and Nocturnicate did not leave me wanting more. Now, the, this album, I thought, like, the... They have a couple tracks, Black Light Shine, Graveyard Love, uh, which are really good. I thought Graveyard Love, it ends very abruptly, and I thought that it would transition into like maybe a second track that was still part of the same track, and it was like a longer song, because oftentimes um, they will do that. Uh, the Mars Volta, they'll have... Uh, like, there's a song, Cassandra Gemini, which is, like, a five-part song. It's 32 minutes long, but it kind of, like, it's one song, right? So they'll often do that, and it kind of ended abrupt abruptly, and uh, <clears throat> it was only, like, four minutes long, which for a Mars Volta project, like, their good songs are, like, above se our seven minutes and longer. And, you know, that it kind of, you know... It kind of goes against um, the you know mainstream notion of just three and a half minute you know uh, you, you know uh, verse chorus verse chorus verse chorus type of uh, music that's presented now, right? But I would also say that <laughs> the ability to make longer songs is. Um, displays a greater level of skill in music like to captive to be able to captivate someone's attention and think longer is a um <clears throat> is a distinct is, is distinguishes you from someone who can just think inside of you know generic structures of how uh music is created so the um so the newest album had me kind of I wish those songs were longer and it was it I felt like it was a step in the right direction for the Mars Volta where the past two albums were kind of just a mess and uh he didn't were had lacked a sense of like theme and a sense of uh direction and identity but <clears throat> you know I'm glad to see them back. I'm glad to see them performing. Um, and they seem to have a good understanding of what the audience wanted when they played their concerts. I guess their concerts before they broke up were very, you know, uh, they, they very much emphasized playing a lot of their new stuff. Where uh, this past concert, you know, they had 
you know, two or three of their new songs, but they also played their good old tracks and the tracks that they know people love. Now, it wasn't like a, for me, their set list wasn't like a set, it wasn't like a 10 out of 10. It was like a six or seven out of 10, but it wasn't like a two or three out of 10. You know, they, uh, but there, there could be all sorts of factors towards that. Like the, uh, the, the people who are in the band touring with them and the types of things the drummer can and can't do. Uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a little bit maybe dependent on the band that is there or the people that are there and performing with them. But, you know, they had a decent grasp of their best of well some of their good tracks um the one track they played that can be argued as one of their best songs i think reasonably argued as one of their best songs is they played Sigmund sigmund vismund sigmund or cygnus vismund cygnus is a is the name of it it's a 12 minute song that's like pretty you know incredible and uh it I believe that was on um, that was on Francis the Mute album, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that it, incredible, uh, amazing song. Uh, it's not my favorite song by them. Um, so now let me push you into the right direction if you are getting into the Mars Volta. Now uh, my favorite album by them is. Uh, Amputecture, which is a portmanteau of like, uh, th- of like, you know, different words like you know, amputate, uh, technology, architecture. Like it's a combining of uh, multiple, w- multiple words. Um, now, amputecture, uh, <clears throat> in my opinion, is probably like one of the greatest rock albums of all time. It's um thematic it has three tracks which are very standout and very uh you could argue for four tracks that are very standout and very like um just incredible uh modern rock songs like definitely the best um the best the best rock of the 21st century in my opinion uh so let, let me start with what I think is my favorite song of all time, uh, which is my fa- like number one song of all time. Like, you know, gun to my gun to my head. Uh, the, the like what I would what I put number one is my favorite song that has ever been invented, period. That's any uh, any century. And that is Day of the Baphomets. That is, it's just such an incredible, um, it's very like jazz influenced, but it's heavy rock and the, um, instrumentals are incredible. It's impossible to like be bored throughout this song. It has no lulls. There are like four different, um, there are four different solos in it. It's just like, it's a 12 minute long song, but you're like, it's like, you're not like it's not boring at any point it's just all um uh, very different like if i had to point uh 
to a song which would be like the perfect song it would be this it is the absolute it is just a fucking grand slam of a of a song it's everything you want in a uh in a in a song (laughs) you know and i'm a very long attention span person i like my my average uh like I have about I have over a thousand songs say on my uh, SD card, and the average length of song for me is over four minutes and thirty seconds. Now I imagine it's much lower for it's probably three you know at least in the three minute mark for a lot of people, if not less. So um, that is the number one song. If you want to check, you know what I think is the greatest song ever to have been created. It is the day of the ba- day of the Baphomets by the Mars Volta, and they have the three other incredible songs on this album, all ten minutes or longer. Um, Tetragrammaton, Mecha Amputecture, and Viscera Eyes. All like and the it's not only just the fact that they have the great songs; it's a theme. The album is a constant theme. You can listen to it front to back and um it's just like the lyrics are perfectly complementary to the sounds that sounds that you're hearing like cedric uh uh, cedric bixler zavala is just like the perfect uh the perfect complement to omar's guitars and the you know the synths and the drums and the bass that they have is just all it's all working together and um definitely i would say a top 10 album of all time uh, a top five album of all time with the day of the baphomets being the number one song of all time there this my second favorite album by them is deloused in the comatorium um another you could listen to it all the way through there are the songs are lesser in length but they're the longest song uh cicatrice esp is the best song on this album uh and it's 13 minutes uh 12 and a half minutes long but it's a great album front to back um the deloused in the comatorium um with songs like um roulette dares drunk ship of the lanterns this apparatus must be unearthed uh take the veil serpent taxed uh amazing album my the the third my third favorite album by them is um francis the mute now this is the one that has the cassandra gemini the 32 minute long song the five part 32 minute long song it also has uh cygnus visman cygnus on this um la via la viquez la viquez uh, sorry, I'm probably butchering that. That is another, you know, 12 and a half, 13 minute long song that is just incredible. It has essentially only five songs, but they're broken. There are many parts to the songs. Um, but you have to listen to it as one. It's like, you know, it's a it's one long song, even though it's broken down into parts. And the fourth, their fourth great album uh is the bedlam and goliath which i think kind of maybe goes uh underrated a little bit uh and has uh a, and you know people kind of view that as a denouement of the mars volta but they had really great songs on it like goliath and abernicula is uh 
is really they're really uh, those are really great uh, tracks. So holy shit, it's almost half an hour just talking about the Mars Volta. So real quick, I want to go over also uh, the solo career of omar rodriguez lopez and now many people like that i see on the internet have not listened to as much stuff of his that i have and you know i will listen i'll give anything that he puts out an honest listen but he does have 52 albums now there's a lot of gems absolute gems on here one of his solo albums i would consider to be one of my top five like favorite albums of all time uh a top five a top five greatest album of all time uh, ever in my opinion but there's a lot of stuff on there which is absolute junk <laughs> it's um unlistenable uh, like it's just like experimental noise almost <clears throat> so I'll break down kind of like my top 10 that you can get into and you want to get into it through me because a lot of people they really don't like I'm I'm seeing some of their lists when they're coming up with the rankings of Omar's music and they really have not listened to a lot of his music they're skimming through it they they're not giving the albums a proper listen and uh, their their lists are definitely ref, uh, reflecting of of that now um the album that i think so i'll go over kind of the 10 best i think and maybe kind of do a little uh you know a little honorable mentions um so the album that i think is arguably a uh top five album of all time is uh it's called un escorpion perfumado the uh scorpion perfume and um it is just a like it only has six songs but all six songs are just 10 out of 10 like and they all blend it all has a uh rhythm uh it all has a theme to it and the lyrics are perfectly complimentary um pretty sure it's all in spanish but i mean i've translated the lyrics and it's like um if you listen to one of the songs agua dulce de popo which is uh, octopus fresh water, or is uh, just like if you go over the lyrics in that song and like are not like just blown away. Uh, I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, the so <clears throat> the there's another song on there, Il Diablo y la Terra, which is a um, just an incredibly melodic like um just instrumental piece that uh has like this dynamic between like the guitar and the drums that are just like kind of uh contrasting the drums are incredible in this it's like a asynchronous uh drumming where like there's he constantly is changing his like notes just just uh minorly but like keeping him with within rhythm it it is just mind-blowing uh one of the like most perfect albums i have ever listened to like if you are only gonna create a six song album and you, that is how you create a six song album if you're only going to put out six songs 
have it be that. Um, <clears throat> so the number two uh, favorite album of Omar's solo career is called Old Money. And it is coming to Halloween. And Old Money is definitely the most Halloween album. It's like... It's horror show. It's just this... Uh, it's all instrumental. And it is um, just these these really kind of like... Um, really kind of atmosphere. Like creepy ambiance. But like great guitar riffs. But kind of just like a, a dark... A dark Halloween, Halloween. It like reminds me of you know those albums you used to listen to that had the fucking monster mash on them. This is like a modern like um, avant garde like uh, version of that. Those uh, Halloween albums <laughs> that uh, it, like I you know this is a great album to listen to during uh, during this uh, season, the Halloween season. So you know. Uh, pl- plug that on front to back if you want some like nice you know f- you know funky you know uh, creepy horror show vibes but it's applicable to like any day I just think straight up it's a good album to listen to but I think it's a very uh, Halloween it's a very like um, it's a it's a very it complements Halloween a lot also um, my third favorite album uh, from Omar's solo career is uh, Sepulchros de Mael, which is, translates into uh, Honey Tunes. And uh, now this is a seven-song album, but it's effectively one song. So it's one long, like, 30-minute song, which you cannot listen to this album in in the pieces. You have to listen to it all the way through. And it's really incredible. It really... Uh, you, if you start playing it and you're just like vibing during the day or doing something during the day, you can just like lose track of whoa, th- boom, that was half that was half an hour. I can't believe it. It just, it is, um, it's absolutely incredible. It's um, definitely the um, the best, lo- uh, you know, most longest song that I have. Uh, well, not. I can't say that. I have some others I would like to argue in there. We've been going on pretty long with this, so I'll, maybe I'll save the um, the best albums that are effectively one long song uh, list for another pod. But um, that uh, that you need to check out. Uh, it's all instrumental, uh, also. So the other albums that I would recommend that you check out are. Uh, Sedise Bisante, No Buffalo. It's all from these are pretty much all from their earlier uh, Omar's earlier uh, solo uh, releases. So Sedise Bisante, No Buffalo. Uh, the second one, uh, Omar Rodriguez, just titled uh, Omar Rodriguez. You can also check out uh, the Apocalypse Inside of an Orange, another great album. Um, the title track from there is fucking just incredible if you you know have taken a few puffs of something or had a few munches of some mushrooms and yeah check that out um cryptomnesia uh de lo amor xenophanes um 
Sworn Virgins is a newer one that I liked, but primarily I like it because it has one of the best songs from Omar's solo venture, which is called... It's two songs combined on the album. Like, on the album, it's separated into two songs, but you have to listen to it as one because it functions. It's, uh, you know, it, it, it hears out as one. It's called Pineapple Face, Not Even Toad Loves You. Just fucking amazing. A um, couple others that uh, Mantra Hiroshima you can listen to, which is really good. Um, what else have we got here? Um, Mega Ritual. Mega Ritual is really good. Oh, and this is really good, and it's probably one of the best album names of all time. Uh, Absence Makes the Heart Grow Fungus. <laughs> True story. Uh, <laughs> and um, what was uh, what was the other one? What was the other one that um, that I wanted you guys to check out? Solar Gambling. Solar Gambling is also uh, another good one. So that should help get you started. A lot of people will get you. Uh, a lot of people in their rankings of um, of Omar albums are just very questionable. Very questionable as to uh, how they arrived at their decision. So you know, you never know what to expect with his uh, stuff. It's uh, some of it's very jazzy. Some of it's hard. Some of it's very dancey. Uh, some of it, like you, you just really never know what you're getting into uh it's always a surprise and you know that that ultimately is why uh i will argue him as the greatest uh guitarist of all time the greatest ma musician uh of all time with anybody well i'll, I'll you know because i can go over right now i have just skimmed through his stuff i have only uh skimmed through his stuff and let me tell you exactly how much music i have of his from just skimming through through his collection so let me let me just get it here um okay so i have oops i have 106 songs which totals eight hours 16 minutes and 52 seconds and that's me being nitpicking. That's me nitpicking through his shit. So, you know, if anybody wants to challenge, challenge me on that, take the Pepsi challenge, I'll go song for song with you. And, uh, and I'm, uh, and if you, if you want to put like length of song and level of creativity, I don't know how you could logically argue that there's like a better, uh, artist on the planet if you look at the volume and the uh length and the greatness of the songs that that he and his band has produced all right so we're back on this and you know i got the nfl fired up joe burrow just threw a touchdown to tyler boyd on the watching the the nfl uh on the side here and um Yes, you know, while we're getting into the NFL, I got a few NFL topics to uh, bring up. So, uh, without further ado, you know, let's uh, let's talk about um, let's talk about some uh, some football. Um, you know, like um, 
so scoring is down in the league and um people are pointing to oh this is the offenses uh you know the offenses are they can't um figure this out and they can't figure that out and you know what I genuinely think is that um, I genuinely think that Tyreek Hill has really shook up the league. The Tyreek Hill trade ha- absolutely uh, shook up the league. Because um, when Tyreek Hill was with uh, Patrick Mahomes, then, uh, you know, he was able to, you know, it was able to say it was Patrick Mahomes. But now Tyreek Hill went to a you know, average quarterback, and they started doing really well, and now it's like this dynamic of, like, you know, is this the quarterbacks or is this the wide receivers? And uh, and the NFL scoring has gone down a lot, but, you know, people want to blame, oh, it's the quarterbacks, so it's the offenses, it's the coaches. You know what happened to NFL scoring? Here's what happened to the NFL scoring. Jalen Ramsey is what happened to NFL scoring. Marshawn Lattimore, Sauce Gardner is what happened to NFL scoring. Jesse Bates, Derek Stingley, Chidobi Awuzie, Jack Jones, A.J. Terrell. That, that, that is what happened to scoring in the modern NFL. Is that this slew of great... Uh, safeties and corners and uh, corners like that are you know almost like effectively as fast and uh, and uh, and uh, physically built as uh, wide receivers are or they're built like you know fast and specifically designed for pass blocking like Sauce Gardner that is what happened to NFL scoring, not exactly the fact that more people are playing cover two. More people are playing cover two because uh, the talent of the uh, safeties and cornerbacks and the and the defense, the defenses overall. I just think like all the time when offenses are struggling, there's this uh, there's this push, there's this push to want to blame the offenses that I have the opposite reaction and that I am just I look at the defenses and I'm saying are we seeing just uh, a true a insanely talented um, uh, insanely talented uh, uh, defense defenders coming out of these drafts and producing immediately and yes we have I just named I just named you like 10 guys off the top of my head who were who are just absolutely lights out defenders who you you know whoever they're guarding is a is like not an option to uh to like play (laughs) when uh, to look at you know so let's you know before we criticize the offenses let's praise the defenses for a second let's praise these uh the these defenders for just being you know absolute lights out studs and um you know i think coaching is lagging behind a little bit so uh you know i wouldn't necessarily like there aren't that many elite coaches in the nfl there are definitely there are definitely there aren't that many great coaches in the nfl i should say the uh there are definitely more great quarterbacks in the nfl than there are great coaches i'll i'm damn sure of that 
Now, um, I have a proposition here for, uh, for a moment. Um, I would like to kind of play NFL matchmaker, you know, I want to kind of, um, you know, match up things that, uh, should be together, uh, given the circumstances of, uh, the dynamics of the situation. Now, we're gonna see how Mac Jones plays right now, but I definitely thought that, um, Bailey Zappi had a better, uh, game than Mac Jones has ever had in his career, uh, with that, uh, with that game against, um, uh, against who was it that they, who was it that they played last? Cleveland. But I think that, you know, he played better than that game than I've ever seen Mac Jones play. The ball, I just think that the, that the, and it's, I do, I did pick him up in fantasy because I, I think he's really good. Um, I, paid $21 to make sure I got him off of, uh, <laughs> off of the, uh, waiver wire, 21 out of my $100 and I got him and, you know, and he, 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 uh, he, he performed. So we'll see what happens, but I have a proposition to make that I think would make everybody happy is that Mac Jones gets shipped out to San Francisco because Mac Jones was initially who San Francisco wanted. And so then San Francisco would have Trey Lance and Mac Jones after giving up all those draft picks. New England can get something back from San Fran. And then they can develop and build around Zappi. Because Zappi is just allowing this New England offense to uh, thrive. It's allowing the New England offense to look dynamic and uh it's allowing them to really be who they want to be as a team so so let's play that let's play matchmaker a little let's sell off mac jones uh before he you know maybe writes off his value with another because i think he would be good in san fran you know he'll make the throws that you know you just need you just need him to make the reliable, uh, the throws to the open receiver. And he's used to speedy receivers at Alabama. So then he'll have Debo and Christian McCaffrey to throw these like easy completions that are open already instead of having to throw the perfect ball that his wide receiver can catch. So I think that, um, I think that would be the perfect scenario, um, considering. All that has, uh, all that has gone on, <laughs> and uh, and it would be, you know, it, if San Fran had uh, Mac Jones, I think uh, over Garoppolo, I think their offense would work a lot better, um, you know, and uh, you know Mac Jones a little bit younger, uh, you know, got a little better of an arm and can throw those like easy open shots. So that's me playing NFL matchmaker. Who knows if it will work? Um, we'll see. <laughs> um, now, did you guys ever see like uh, so? I well, first let me uh, start this by saying 
I was watching uh, some YouTube videos and um, I seen a guy at a uh, killers show, the killers show, um, a band that I do not like. <laughs> um, uh, and so the killers were kicking him out because um, he was apparently high on acid. And I'm like, I couldn't help but think to myself, uh, how fucking dumb are you if you're doing acid at a, uh, at a killer's concert? I mean, <laughs> this must have been, like, the easiest guy to fucking point out. It's like, oh, it's like, is the guy on acid? Who is it? He's the only guy in the crowd who thinks the killer's lyrics make any sense. Oh, okay, that guy. Oh, okay, we got him. <laughs> like, the killers, like, are such nonsense fucking word salad uh, lyrics. Like, how could you, like, possibly find any, uh, any value in this? Like, uh, I just... They are incredibly overrated. And they're just one of those bands where if you like them, then I'm just like, you know kind of tilt my head to the side like I'm a dog trying to understand the uh, English that you're telling me that I clearly can't comprehend. <laughs> um, so, which <laughs> which is, you know, like, seeing the killers on acid, how dumb are you to fucking try and get anything deep out of uh, uh, acid trip and seeing the killers? Like... So I feel sorry for that for that guy with all with all the potential music your um, movies you uh, that you could have seen to enhance your uh, your you know your third eye to squeegee that third eye and you chose the killers <laughs> oh god the uh, the um, are we human or are we dancer hmm uh, human final answer. <laughs> or the the guy the guy who's on the acid be like, are we human or are we dancer? He's the he's the only guy who who uh, thinks that the lyrics are uh, even uh, even mean anything at all besides just nonsense word salad. And you know I'm gonna catch some hate from my Michigan fans because you know I grew up in Windsor, across from Detroit, so the teams we root for, the Michigan Wolverines and uh, the, uh, you know, Detroit Red Wings, Detroit Pistons, etc. And, you know, I got a lot of friends in that area. They're big Michigan fans. They're big Wolverines fans. But I only speak the truth here at TWA2K. You guys know that. Uh, and the truth of the matter is... That Michigan fans singing, like, their thing is to sing Mr. Brightside, like, collectively as, like, a group. And that is just, like, the fucking lamest shit I have ever fucking heard in my life. Like, who picks a fucking uh, song about, like, a dude getting cucked? As like, as like a song to fucking like sing out loud. Like, is that not like every time I see that, I'm just like, this is the lamest shit ever. This is like, it, it, I, I immediately perceive every single Michigan fan looking like Harbaugh with some khakis up to his fucking belly button and a fucking pocket protector and some fucking like, like Drew Carey glasses and shit. Like, 
<laughs> like, how do you pick Mr. Brightside? Of a fucking sea of songs, you pick fucking Mr. Brightside. One of the most ridiculous and one of the most fucking nonsensical uh and silly and foolish and make you makes you your fan base look like dorks uh type of um songs you could have ever possibly picked so congratulations michigan on uh being even dorkier than uh than your you know khaki drew carey wearing uh you know khaki pants up to his belly button fucking coach so at least there's that at least you <laughs> you know at least you're um you're really pushing the uh limits there and did you guys see the um the bama tennessee game that tennessee ended up winning now tennessee had an opportunity to kick to go up and so, I I have a hard time understanding this. It was like a simple 40-yard kick. I have a, a very hard time comprehending how a kicker could do the following. Now, this kicker, what he did, how so? Okay, how do how does a kicker go wide right, kick the ball wide right? When he's kicking it from the right hash. That makes no sense to me. How do you end up kicking the ball wide right. When you're already at the farthest right you could possibly be. Within the limits of kicking the field goal. It does. It really just doesn't make any sense. If you're going to miss it. Okay you pushed it too far and miss it wide, light, wide left. But how do you have such little angle on the uh on the ball that you're fucking missing a shot from the right hash to the right side you're just kicking it in the opposite direction of where it should be kicked at now i've never kicked a field goal i've never been a kicker i think you know kicking you know if um objects were meant to be moved with our feet then, you know, our head would be where our nutsack was. But it's not. All that being said, I respect kickers. I, you know, respect the profession, etc., etc. But I simply do not understand how you could miss uh, a kick wide right when you're on the absolute rightest of the hashes. Maybe if it's like a fucking like 60 yarder or 50, 50 yarder or something. But this was inside the four. This was inside the 40 so really weird um really weird that that can yeah that uh like you know at least if you're gonna miss it at least trail it wide left at least you can at least say like you were kicking it in the right direction i don't get it i don't know all right so since he's on the boat to, on the second and goal up seven nothing on atlanta they hand it off to mixon oh he stopped they probably got one and a half yards to go, so oh, I gotta wa I I gotta hold off for a little bit and we'll, we'll we'll watch the rest of this. So hopefully they call. Uh, I I want to see Zach Taylor vindicated. You know, I shat on him a lot. I want to see since he win. Um, you know, I only <clears throat> I only talk. You know, 
I only bring up these issues because I, you know, I love the Bengals. All right, here we go. Third and goal from the one and a half. Single back. Handoff to Mixon. He trips but still gets in. Touchdown, Bengals! Nice. Nice, Joe. Joe to Joe. The Joe to Joe connection. Let's go, Cincy. Nice. It's a nice little uh, little stretch they've... Uh, <laughs> mixing, mixing almost trips. Mixing almost trips after fucking receiving the handoff. Fucking trips on... Uh, on the, the fucking uh, <laughs> trips on the one yard on the one yard line and still fucking makes it in there. That's good, man. I'm really happy with how Cincinnati's offensive line has played. I just, you know, I want to see their coaching just start to really, really just not fuck things up. They just got to just got to be optimal, good at optimal play calling. Uh, better at optimal play calling, and I really hope they get it together. You know, I don't want to see Zach Taylor fired. I want to see him thrive. You know, and that's why, that's why I bring up the criticisms is because I love this team and I and I want to see this team succeed. And but I also am not delusional. I also have to be, also have to be a realist. You know, I have to be real and I have to be honest about the situation. You know. Because at the end of the day, hey, that's all coaches was honest with me. You know, I was never, you know, a super athlete. And, you know, what do they do? They, you know, they didn't have me in in important, <laughs> in important situations because it would have uh, it would have fucked them up, you know. Um, so it's, uh, you know, uh, that that's what coaching is, is being honest about your situations. And, uh, you know, the honesty of the situation is that, uh, is that as of right now, uh, Zach Taylor, as of the last few weeks, Zach Taylor was what's holding the team back, you know. Um, oh, Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't, he's, he's, hold, he does not feel good. He's holding his, his, his arm, his hand, uh, his hand does not feel great. Uh, it was noticeably bothering him last week, and uh, it's looking like it's no, it's even more bothering him uh, this week. So um, now, one other thing I wanted to talk about on um, on uh, the first uh, episode. Maybe I do the second one later today. You're gonna watch a little football. Maybe I do the second one uh, ne uh, next week on Friday or something. But um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was... Um, so, uh, I guess Twitch had a uh, conference or had like a, uh, a Twitch con or something where like the, the, the popular Twitch streamers came. And um, so I found out about this... Uh, this accident there and uh so i found out like there's a they i seen this uh highlight in the news that um the that a uh twitch uh streamer popular twitch streamer yada yada, yada um breaks her back by jumping into foam pit that wasn't all that foamy um and uh so you know at first i thought oh damn you know that sucks but so later 
uh, I figure out that, oh, this isn't just any ordinary <laughs> Twitch streamer. Um, this is um, a famous porn star. This is uh, uh, a chick named Adriana Chechik. Well, I didn't mean to make that rhyme, but it <laughs> it's, it is a famous porn star named uh, uh, whose porn name is Adriana Chechik. And now I'm, like, thinking about this a little bit differently. I mean, like... <laughs> I mean, you know, this is not just any average porn star. I mean, like, this is like the, you know, she she's not just like the filthiest and she's not like the hottest, but she is, she's the filthiest, she's the hottest, filthiest super slut that you could think of. Like, she has that perfect combination of like, both she's... She's really, she's really hot, and she's just super, super slutty. And, like, you know, I maybe, here, I have a suggestion to Twitch, you know. Maybe next time you could maybe put the uh, 20th filthiest hot slut to jump into the foam pit to test it first. Maybe, like, how is, <laughs> you know, like, how is she, like, testing this shit out, and it, you don't even have it, um... And it's not even fucking foamy. Like, do you know how how much that woman that woman can do? And like, it, like she's probably gonna be out of it for like two years. She fucking she broke her back in two places. Do you know how much content she can produce in two years? And the level of um, of filth she can <laughs> she can uh, contribute. To to the uh, to the lonely man spank bank in that fucking time frame. I mean, this is um, this is a crime against humanity, and uh, Twitch must fucking pay. Um, this is not good. Um, you know, it's you know, it maybe throw the even if he wanted to throw the filthiest slut in there, the first the number one filthiest slut in there. Or the number one hottest slut in there. I'm good with that. There's lots of hot sluts. There's lots of filthy sluts. But there is no filthiest hot slut. And why don't... Like... This is just a unfap-thumbable lack of oversight by Twitch. And... I'm getting... I'm, re I'm really a little bit angry about it. I'm getting a little too angry uh, about this and perhaps um, revealing a little more uh, about myself than maybe I should. So, uh, on that note, um, we're going to end the first part here. We're going to end uh, TWA2K30 right here. And we'll be back with 31 either later today or uh or early next week uh i haven't decided if i feel up to it yet where i got a pork shoulder fucking smoking in my oven right now i gotta i gotta check up on that um gotta make sure my dinner is right for tonight all that fun stuff so also i will see you guys very later but until then that was the world according to Kyle podcast. See y'all again real soon.